Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. Since 1934, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. Please stay tuned for another lesson on this program by Jeff Archie. Are you listening? Thank you, Jay, and appreciate everyone tuning in today. I love the beautiful words of Peter as he begins his second letter in 2 Peter 1, beginning with verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us by glory and virtue. May the Lord always bless us with the reading, the hearing, and the application of His Word from 2 Peter 1, 1-3. Written to those of like precious faith, the Christian, Peter reminds them of a blessing of God in that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Do we note that, dear friends? All things, not a few, not half, but all. God has given us His Word, and within we find all things that we need to know. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect or complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17. With that said, dear friends, we wish to consider the subject, Oracles of God. This title alone makes it a very special broadcast, but we have another reason this is special. More in a moment, but first, this very special reminder from our J. Webb. The International Gospel Hour has been heard over the airwaves since 1934. During all this time, we've been blessed to be on the air through gracious giving of congregations of Churches of Christ, faithful Christians, and devoted friends. That's why you will never hear us asking for money or for any type of donation from you, our listeners. Our offers of material and study aids are absolutely free. We plead for all to carry forth the words of Jesus to search the Scriptures, John 5.39, and we do so with the aim of the words of Peter in 2 Peter 3.18 to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you so, so much for listening. Let's continue our broadcast. And now, here's Jeff. And now, a special broadcast. From 1995 to 2014, Brother Winford Claiborne was the voice of the International Gospel Hour. In my travels and discussions about this great work, Brother Winford's name comes up, and for that I am so grateful. I was a friend of Brother Winford and was blessed to know him. I am friends with a number of his family as well. We are blessed here at the International Gospel Hour to have transcripts of lessons he prepared and delivered over this very broadcast. Finding these are an absolute treasure to me. So today, in memory of my brother and friend, I am honored to deliver a lesson from Brother Winford Claiborne titled, Oracles of God. Have you ever wondered where Peter, Paul, and Philip got their sermons? 
The Apostle Peter preached the first gospel sermon on the day of Pentecost, his second sermon on Solomon's porch in Jerusalem, and his third sermon at the house of Cornelius. Philip the Evangelist preached to the Samaritans and to the Ethiopian eunuch. The Apostle Paul preached to the people at Antioch of Pisidia, to Lydia and her household, to the Philippian jailer, to some philosophers in Athens, Greece, to the Corinthians, and to the Ephesians. Fortunately, we know where they got their sermons. The Holy Spirit supernaturally guided them in their preaching. To use Luke's language of what occurred on the day of Pentecost, they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance, Acts 2, verse 4. Where do modern preachers get their sermons? I know where they ought to get them, but I am not sure many of them do. The Apostle Peter instructed all who preach or teach, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. 1 Peter 4, verse 11. Some Pentecostal preachers claim to receive their messages directly from God Almighty. I remember being on the radio in Valdosta, Georgia. Immediately preceding our program, there was a Pentecostal preacher who had a program. He regularly claimed to have the Holy Spirit's supernatural guidance. There was a problem. He could not even read the sacred text. He could not pronounce the names of the people who are listed in Romans 16. If the Holy Spirit were guiding him, why was he not able to read the text? Please understand that I am not making fun of the preacher. But it does make one wonder how man could make that kind of claim when he was not able to pronounce the names of the people in Romans 16. Where do the so-called positive preachers, like Joel Osteen, get their messages? It is absolutely certain they do not get them from the Word of God. Their messages resemble the writings of pop psychologists like the late Wayne Dyer or Norman Vincent Peale, and most of those so-called Positive preachers do not preach what the Bible teaches about sin. How long would Joel Osteen last as a preacher if he were to tell his audience, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded, James 4.8. The preacher who does preach the Word of God ought to be plowing corn, not preaching. Please take note of the Apostle Peter's admonition. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. Incidentally, this is not just a suggestion. These are the very words of God's Holy Spirit. When a man stands in a pulpit and claims to speak for God, he will be condemned if he fails to do that. The only way a preacher can know he is speaking for God is to get his message from the Word of God. In the Apostle Peter's words, he must speak as the oracles of God. The word oracles appears three other times in the New Testament. Stephen said to his Jewish audience, This is that Moses who said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spoke to him in the Mount Sinai, and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. Acts seven thirty-seven thirty-eight. The Apostle Paul asked the Romans, what advantage then has the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much in every way, 
chiefly because unto them were committed the oracles of God, Romans 3, 1 and 2. The author of Hebrews criticized his brethren for their immaturity, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which are the first principles of the oracles of God, and have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat, Hebrews 5.12. W. E. Vine says the Greek word logion means a word, narrative, statement. It denotes a divine response or utterance, an oracle, page 815. There should be no difficulty in deciding what the Apostle Peter had in mind. He was teaching very simply. Every preacher and teacher must build his lessons on the word of the Almighty God. If he fails to do that, he is not honored God's plan for preachers and teachers. You know that every preacher has an obligation to preach the truth, all the truth, and only the truth. But what does that mean? You cannot be ignorant of what it means. If we are going to be faithful to our calling as preachers, we must tell people that all are sinners. I am fully aware that such preaching will most often get a preacher fired. After all, who wants to go to church and come away not feeling good? Should people feel good when they are living in sin? Jesus complimented the church at Ephesus for a number of attitudes and activities. He then said to them, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you, because you have left your first love, Revelation 2.4. I do not know how the Ephesians received the Lord's message, but I know what Jesus told them. Remember, therefore, from whence you have fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto you quickly, and will remove your candlestick out of his place, except you repent, Revelation 2.5. The members of the body of Christ at Laodicea had become lukewarm, which made the Lord sick at his stomach, figuratively speaking. That is not the kind of message most church members want to hear, even if they are guilty. The Lord said to the Laodiceans, So then, because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich, and white raiment that you may be clothed, and that the shame of your nakedness does not appear, and anoint your eyes with eyesalve that you may see. As many as I love I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Revelation three sixteen through 19 Can one preach the oracles of God and not teach what Jesus said to the Ephesians and to the Laodiceans? if the occasion demands it? Paul's letter to the Romans teaches that all men are sinners, no exceptions. Paul asked the Romans, What then? Are we better than they? No, and no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands, there is none who seeks after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes." 
Now, please listen to Paul's conclusion. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This reading, Romans 3, 9-18 and Romans 3, 23. The verb, have sinned, speaks of sinning in the past. The expression, come short, means we continually come short of the glory of God. Incidentally, these verses from Romans 3 do not allow for inherited sin as our Calvinist friends teach. Did you notice the reading that Paul said, They are all gone out of the way? They are together become unprofitable, Romans 3.12. If they had gone out of the way, they were not born out of the way. If they had together become unprofitable, they were not born unprofitable. Can we preach the oracles of God and not vigorously oppose division in the body of Christ? The church at Corinth was sinfully divided. The members were saying, I belong to Paul, and I belong to Apollos, and I belong to Cephas, or Peter, and I belong to Christ, 1 Corinthians 1.12. Paul teaches very plainly that such division is sinful, always sinful. He said to the Corinthians, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk, and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal, and walk as men? 1 Corinthians 3, 1-3 Paul pled with the Corinthian Christians in 1 Corinthians 1.10 now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Please listen carefully to Paul's message to the Ephesians. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all, Ephesians 4, 3-6. Is it possible to preach the oracles of God and not stress unity among God's people? Preaching the oracles of God means stressing that Christians must do good works. Paul does not use the word oracles in the text from Titus, but he does emphasize what it means to be faithful in our preaching. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that you affirm constantly, that they who have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Titus 3.8 If being careful to maintain good works is good and profitable unto men, would not neglecting those good works be unprofitable unto men? We are not told in Titus what those good works are, but there is no problem finding them in the oracles of God. The author of Hebrews provides some information we need on that topic. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful who promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews 10, 22-25 James, our Lord's half-brother, helps us to know about the good works in which Christians must be engaged. 
Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world, James 1.27. The oracles of God also provide this insight. Love not the world, neither the things therein the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he who does the will of God abides forever. 1 John 2, 15-17 Did you know that the oracles of God require Christians to defend our beliefs in the gospel? The apostle Peter commanded Christians, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man who asks you of reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. 1 Peter 3, 15 Jude, another of our Lord's half-brothers, urged all Christians, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Jude 3. Is it possible to speak as the oracles of God and not tell alien sinners what they must do to be saved? Let us take a few minutes to summarize what people in apostolic times had to do to become Christians. We know how very vital faith was and is in all conversions. Philip the Evangelist went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. We do not know and cannot know exactly what Philip said about Christ because the sacred record does not tell us. But we know how the Samaritans responded to the gospel message. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Acts 8, verse 5 and verse 12. The same evangelist preached Jesus unto the Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian said to Philip, See, here is water. What hinders me to be baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Acts 8, 35-37. Do you remember how the Corinthians responded to the gospel? And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized, Acts 18:8. Repentance was an absolute requirement for having one's sins forgiven. Peter told the believing Jews on the day of Pentecost, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verse 38. Peter also commanded the Jews on Solomon's porch at Jerusalem, Repent, therefore, and turn, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Acts 3, verse 19. Paul gave similar instructions to the Athenian philosophers, and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained, whereof he has given assurance unto all men, and that he has raised him from the dead. Acts seventeen thirty and 31. If we do not repent, we shall perish. Luke thirteen three and 5. Must we confess our faith in Jesus Christ before men to have Him to confess us unto the Father at the final judgment? 
Romans 10, 9 and 10. When the Ethiopian eunuch asked Philip about being baptized, the preacher said, If you believe with all your heart, you may be baptized. The eunuch confessed, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Acts 8, 35 and 37. Upon the eunuch's confession, Philip baptized him into the Christ. If we teach faithfully the oracles of God, will we preach baptism for the remission of sins? As you know, that is precisely what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verse 38. Philip had to preach the same message at Samaria. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Christ, they were baptized, both men and women, Acts 8, verse 12. And, as I have indicated, when the Ethiopian eunuch confessed his faith in Christ, Philip baptized him into Christ, Acts 8, verse 38. Paul and Silas met with a group of women in Philippi. And on the Sabbath we went out by the city by Riverside, where prayer was accustomed to be made, and we sat down, and spoke unto the women who resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, who worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized, and her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Acts 16, 13-15. In that same chapter, Luke tells that Paul baptized the Philippian jailer. Acts 16, 33. There is one other conversion I want to mention briefly, that of Saul of Tarsus. We know Saul was a penitent believer. We also know he was not saved before he was baptized. What did Ananias, the God-sent preacher, tell Saul he had to do to be saved? And now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts 22.16 I have one final question for you to consider. Have I spoken as the oracles of God? Dear friends, how thankful we are for those words by Brother Winford Claiborne. And like Abel, in Hebrews 11, verse 4, he being dead, yet he still speaks. I will answer his final question. He did speak as the oracles of God, and may we always do so in our preaching and our teaching. Let's think about the oracles of God, God's Word. Would you like to grow in your knowledge of God's Word? Let's pause and listen to our J. Webb, who has a free opportunity for you, our listeners. Kind listeners, the International Gospel Hour offers absolutely free a Bible study course by mail so you may study in the privacy of your own home. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. And please leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type, Please Send the Home Study. We'll send it as soon as possible. 
Thanks always for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff. Again, dear friends, it is a blessing to turn back and to listen to a lesson of one of our former speakers. You'll hear Brother Winford Claiborne's lessons from time to time here on the International Gospel Hour. We'll also turn back the clock and hear our first speaker, the late Brother V.E. Howard. For that, we are grateful. You can learn more of these wonderful men at our website at internationalgospelhour.com. Please peruse our website and learn of the things that we offer to all of our listeners, and thank you for your interest in biblical things. Before we depart for the day, just a very quick review. The oracles of God we learn from 1 Peter 4.11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. That word oracle is defined as a word or a narrative or a statement, but it denotes a divine response or utterance. In other words, when a man preaches or speaks as the oracles of God, he needs to seek the word of God. Therein we find the divine responses or the divine utterances concerning matters today. Other passages that mention the word oracles from Acts seven thirty-seven through 38 as Stephen is proclaiming the oracles of God, bringing forth preaching, he talks about the lively oracles that were given unto the Jew. And then Paul even asked the Romans that those, or the Jews, if you will, had an advantage, and the prophet thereof, unto them were committed the oracles of God, Romans 3, 1 and 2. And of course the Hebrew writer reminded those who ought to be teachers that you have need that one teach you again, which are the first principles of the oracles of God. When you and I look all through the Bible, we're able to find our answers. Then again, as we begin our broadcast, we bring it to a conclusion of the words of Peter in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. How that Jesus our Lord, as His divine power, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. How grateful we are we can open the Word of God and see those things therein. Dear friends, that's why here on the International Gospel Hour, we love to study the Bible with you. Join us each and every time right here, and let's continue our studies together, shall we? I'm Jeff Archie. Thanks for joining me, and keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. God be with you.